What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life without hope. Now that's living hell. This is what real hope looks like. This is the the word that those hopeless people need to hear. This is the word that 3,000 people that try to commit suicide today, the 3,000 that will try to commit tomorrow, 3,000 that will try to commit on Monday, this is the word that they need to hear is that there is hope. It's real superpower. It's hope. There's hope. Welcome to Victims and Villains. This is the show where we talk nerd, we talk hope, and we speak nothing else. I am your host, Captain Nostalgia, and welcome to our continuing coverage of 13 Reasons Why we're covering it this uh, this second season in depth. This is episode two right here, so if you guys have not done so already, make sure that you guys check out episode one with Larry Mormon as well, but please help me in welcoming. Uh, we, we've been posting these guys' stuff for a little over two months now. This is the first time that he's been on our show. Please help me in welcoming from Superhero Movie Cast, Mr. Thomas Olson. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. It's a, it's a change of pace from, from me going on your show. You're, it's cool yeah. to be, have you on ours. No, I, I love I love seeing you start it off this time. I, I love your enthusiasm, and so it's yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been a blast. I've had I've had a blast having you on my show. So it's great to finally come over here and and uh, hang out with you on your show. Yeah. So Thomas is actually we're actually gonna be doing a crossover for the Incredibles in a week or so. So make sure that you guys keep an eye out for that. But for those that might not have uh, listened to. Uh, Age of Ultron or the Deadpool movies that I covered on your show. Tell us a little bit about what Superhero Movie Cast is. Yeah, so Superhero Movie Cast is a show that I started um, late, uh, mid last year, you know, middle 2017. But what we do is we basically talk about superhero films. Um, and not only do we like talk about and review them, but we try to share maybe some of the things that as viewers we find inspiring about superhero films i'm a huge superhero fan i've been a fan my whole life and uh i've always found a lot of meaning to the stories that are told maybe more than most do more than just like a entertaining fun time and so i love to look for those things that are meaningful and, and can be inspiring in our lives and talk about them on the show and, and i find that the movies capture that the best for me personally and so that's why i i chose that avenue um it's like when Josh was um, on our show, we talked about Deadpool, Deadpool 2. And uh, surprisingly, there's a lot of great meaning to both those films that I felt like maybe a lot of times gets overlooked just because of the comedic aspect of those films. And we had a great time discussing them. 
and so yeah that's kind of my show um been doing that like i said i've been doing it all it'll be a year i think in september and so yeah i'm i, I love doing it love having um people like josh to come on and talk about it so yeah that's a little bit about my show and i i still like got off both of the deadpool recordings like reeling i was like i never in a million years would have expected to talk that deeply about a film like deadpool and that's what i appreciate about your show is that you guys aren't afraid to kind of go deep into the film and and pull out themes from it that i think that a lot of people can relate to or like a lot of people might not have seen that i think that we're gonna get ready to uh jump into that kind of aspect into uh into this in just a little bit but you started off your show on spider-man homecoming of every mm-hmm. superhero film that you could have started with, why that one? Um, I started that one because it was the the newest superhero film that w- had just been released at the time. So I think I started, it was in s- August or September of last year. That movie came out in July. It was the freshest one, the one that I had, I think, you know, I'd just recently seen. Um, and I I really liked the um, the message about failure in that, about that, a lot of times is like I liked how Peter Parker in that film, he screws up a ton. And uh, to me, that was I felt like that was just a great place to start was um, talking about Spider-Man. I mean, he's not my favorite superhero, but yeah, I mean, so a little bit. It was just the timing of the release of it. And it was mostly fresh on my mind. And so that's kind of the format of the show. We'll talk about the recent movies that are coming out. We'll always dissect those a couple of days after they come out. But then we go back and talk about, you know, old superhero films as well. So you've done, and and for those of the listeners that don't know, you have done um, all of the. You've done a, a handful of, if not all of the, the MCU movies. Yeah, we've done almost all of them. We we missed the Iron Man sequels. Uh, we missed Doctor Strange, the Incredible Hulk. I think those are it. But for the most part, yeah, we covered almost every single MCU film. So I'm kind of curious uh, because superhero movies have not always been. Uh, today's quality like a lot of them you go back and watch right. the the cgi doesn't hold up the acting somewhat doesn't hold up um i'm curious to see like you covering films like Ro- uh robert corman's fantastic four 90s film josh trank's uh spawn the blade movies uh some of these these early early superhero films yeah the plan is to eventually get there um yeah, I mean, I a lot of those I haven't even seen. Like, I don't think I've seen all the Blade movies. I think I've seen the first two. And I don't even think I ever got around to the third one. But yeah, like, I do want to eventually touch on some of those those early films. You know, and I we did the Batman 89, the original Michael Keaton one. That's probably the oldest film we've done so far. Um, it's kind of tough, though, because there's so many superhero films coming out nowadays that I feel like I am so busy with those that I haven't been able to go back as much as I'd like. Um, but later in the year, I'm planning to go back and do a full X-Men rewatch the, you know, go back to the 2000 X-Men film all the way up to, um, X-Men Apocalypse, which was the last X-Men movie. So that's probably going to be later in the year. And then, yeah, I do want to eventually get to some of those, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Like, especially you mentioned the, um, Fantastic Four movies. Like, I don't know if we'll be able to get too much out of those. (laughs) I'll try. I might be pulling, you might be, you know, going, you know, having to reach there. But yeah, I, I plan to hopefully try to hit those at some point. I mean, even the, the nineties Captain America, I mean, with yeah. the, the, the cosplay suit, 
Right, which, man, I, I watched that as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was probably like five or six years old. So that would that would just be fun to go back and watch, I think. I have never, like, I didn't know that was like a real film. Like, I, I thought it was a fan-made film for the longest time. Like, there's a, uh, <laughs> back in 98, they had shot this, I don't know if it was like a, a TV pilot or what, or if it was like an actual, like, movie but they were going to do a Justice League back in the 90s, like 98. And they released, like, it's the, it is since leaked online. And it is so bad. <laughs> so bad. Is it, I, it doesn't have, like, Batman in it, though, right? Or Superman, or does it? It does. It, it has the, the, the core five of Flash, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and Green Lantern or Aquaman, one of the two. Uh, but those, it has those five in it, and it is. If I can find it, on, it's still on YouTube somewhere. Terrible. Oh, Terrible. you have to check that because that's like right after Batman and Robin days. So they probably <laughs> the the uh, production around those times, but weren't the best. So no, and they tried their hand again in 2011 with Wonder Woman. And that yeah. also leaked online. It was probably one of the worst 40 minutes of my life. Is that the Josh Whedon one? Uh, yes. No. And that has uh, no. Adrian um, Palak. Pal- I can't remember. Yeah, Pulaski or whatever. So she, yeah, she, um, she was on the show Friday Night Lights. I'm not sure if you ever watched that, which was one of, that's one of my all-time favorite TV shows, and she's great in that. So I was kind of excited, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think I ever watched it just because I heard so much, and I was like, I don't like, I'm not even gonna bother. But you can actually, fun fact, you can actually now there are some vendors at least the around here there are some vendors and conventions that'll actually have DVD copies of both of those uh, pilots. Ooh. So if you're ever at a convention and you're like. Oh hey, this is what Josh was talking about. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll have to check it out sometime. It's anyways. So one show, one of the movies that I'm very looking forward to doing is Batman and Robin on my show. Um, for I, the movie's terrible. I'm not saying I love it, but I'm just really curious how that's going to go. I guess I'm just, but that's a big one that I'm, I'm looking forward to doing at some point. <laughs> I see. I'm like in the minority. I uh, I actually. I actually liked Batman and Robin. Like I, I can still go back and watch it. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's, it's not the worst either. Oh yeah, I, I watch it. I actually, it's fun to watch. Like it's, you know, it's one of those movies you can like joke around with about it, and it's, you know, but as far as like comparing it to other Batman films, it, to me, it's it is the worst, but. But I still have a good time with it. That's why I'm looking forward to doing it. And you've mentioned on my show how much you love Batman Forever. That's another one I'm like stoked to do. So I'll have to have you back when we do that. I love Batman Forever. I'm gonna actually give you a recommendation. I feel like the we're totally getting off off topic here, but it's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, we did a when we did a crossover with another podcast uh, back in March. We covered Ready Player One, and we had a game to see how many pop culture references like we could name before uh, crossing over. You should do something similar. See how much ice puns you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> without looking at notes. Yeah. Oh man, there's so, there's so many good ones in that. <laughs> so many, so many. But yeah, that's a good idea. I'll have to, I'll have to try that. All right. So, uh we're here today talking about 13 reasons why this is episode number 2 
the episode title that I have to edit in here because I forgot off the top of my head. Let me take take two. Episode two, uh, Two Girls Kissing. So this one focuses a lot on um, Courtney, who in the first season befriended and kind of went through this like phase with Hannah where she there was a picture going around of the two of them kissing and she blamed Hannah for a lot of the things that happened and uh, was one of the, the 13 reasons why Hannah actually ended her life. So this one focuses a lot on her. Um, but again, like we said last week, we're not really talking about the material in necessary or the content that's nearly necessarily in these episodes, but the themes of these episodes. So even if you guys haven't seen them, you guys can still join along and still add your uh, two cents and stuff like that. But there might be mild spoilers um, ahead. So you guys have been warned with that. Um, so the first thing we want to talk about here tonight is uh, this continuing theme that Clay is going through. So, so towards the end of the first episode, Clay starts to see Hannah as a ghost, and and that c- continues and really takes hold in this one as well. And there's this sense of guilt I feel like when you lose someone to suicide because when you lose someone to suicide, it's it's these questions that you start asking. You want to start unraveling their brain and their methodology and the reasons why they did what they did because you as a person you want to know is there something that I could have said or something that I could have done differently that would have kept that person here and that's very much what Clay feels like throughout the the course of this uh, this episode and this his arc so far this early in the series and uh to- uh Thomas um I don't know if you've ever lost anyone to suicide man or know anyone that's ever lost anyone to suicide but do you ever find that that's a relatable arc that you feel kind of coming out of a tragedy like that yeah absolutely i mean i i personally don't have i i had a friend in high school that um that did commit suicide and and i guess i wasn't like close with the person um so we grew up in like a youth you know going to church and stuff together and he was always kind of a more quiet individual like we'd go on like you know like i was in scouts we do scout camp outs things like that and he was there and what happened he ended up moving to a different area so i didn't see him it was probably two years after is when he committed suicide um but i as a teenager i was i think i was 15 when he actually committed suicide and it i was flashing back to sitting around campfires at these scout camp outs and like seeing him kind of off in the distance and not ever going up and really engaging with him you know, I, so I carry that guilt and, you know, he was a more quiet kid and he didn't necessarily put himself out there as much, but I also didn't reach out and try to talk to him as much as I probably could have, or even just ask him, Hey, what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite TV show? What's your favorite food? Even stuff simple as that, like just try to engage with him. And so, yeah, I remember experiencing that guilt, you know, as a teenager, when I found out he'd passed away being at his funeral. Um, and like I said, I, I, I didn't know him that well and I, that was where my guilt kind of came from. So I feel like for Clay, having someone very close that he had with Hannah in the show, yeah, it's – I can't even imagine having the – you know, I'm sure that's something that you replay a lot in your head, you know, is that is that guilt and trying to figure out what you could have done different. And I think that you like – even like you're talking about, like I've said it on our show a couple different times and I've – you know, I'll say it again here now is that I – 
what got me into doing this type of show and this kind of outlet was losing someone to suicide and kind of asking myself like afterwards, you know, why didn't I ever like, you know, say, Hey man, you want to like go get a coffee or something like that. And to me, like, um, you know, where I was at my life at the time that he actually had committed suicide, I went through this like season of depression and I like, it was kind of the first time that I had gotten serious about, you know, church. I, I rededicated my life to Christ and I was like, you know, that feeling when you're like on fire for, for God. And it's just like that, that new, uh, ignition, like starting a car for the first time. Like there's just something in you and you're going to, I'm going to tell everyone about Jesus. And (laughs) this, this guy that, uh, my friend Adam who had committed suicide, he was a, he was an atheist and we had a connection because of music. He loved heavy metal. I love heavy metal. And so like he would recommend a band, I would recommend a band, but I remember like every day I'd be like, I'm going to tell him about Jesus. And then I didn't. And like for me, it was, it was harder because I let someone who needed hope remain hopeless because I didn't want to have that conversation of, you know, that stigma that I feel like there's that is contained around, you know, things like self-harm and depression and even religion. Um, and so like, I really ride with clay in, in this, in his arc throughout these first two episodes, because like I had, I, I still to this day, like I, I know that like, you know, it's, I don't want to say that I still feel guilty for it, but it's still, I don't know how to describe it because it's not quite guilt, but it's not quite like a burden that I feel. It's it's still part of some part of your life, though. Yeah. You know, I I mean, because even like I I hadn't thought about this kid that I talked just talked about until really. I mean, just probably watching this episode, I kind of remembered back. So it wasn't something that I lived with all the time, but it was something that when I stopped and think, I was like, man, like there was probably a lot of kids growing up and when I was in high school and junior high that I. We're going, th- I mean, we're going through something that I probably could have stepped up and just smiled at him or said hi, something simple, you know. Um, but one thing that is going along with this theme of like the survivor's guilt um, that I really resonated was was Hannah's mom in this episode. Mm. Um, you know, H- Olivia Baker, the mom, she is going th- like there's a flashback. I can't, shoot, I might be jumping ahead or I might be kind of I, I, i'm like five episodes in and so they're kind of jumbled a bit the episodes um but uh there's like a part where she shows flashbacks of her kind of hannah looking at pictures of herself and she's kind of like oh you don't look that great in this picture the mom saying that to hannah and she's like i wish i would have just said she was beautiful you know and i just had a kid um six months ago we just had our, our daughter and so like i i'm kind of looking at it as a parent of I, I can't imagine as a parent that feeling of like, what could have I done to stop this from happening? Could I have shown more love here? Could I have been easier on her on this part of her life or whatnot? And so like, to me, like, that's kind of the fears I have, I guess, going forward. It's like, as a parent, I'm like, when my daughter comes, is struggling with something, I want to be able to make sure I'm there for her, that I, she can express whatever fear she has. You know, so that was a part that I related to was Hannah's mom in this episode as well. And I think too, uh, you you kind of talking about that's the first episode, um, 
Yeah, that's right. It's first one. Um, that's Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Um, but go back and check out the false first Polaroid with Larry Mormon. And uh but anyways, there's uh there's the sense that now we, we live in this age where it's it's kind of almost easier to mask what you feel. And like there the running theme throughout this episode, the second episode is that one picture can define you for uh life. And I think that uh, to to just kind of draw from a random example, I don't know why I just thought of this, but there's a scene in The Big Bang Theory where Howard is interviewing for NASA, and he's trying to set up this uh, this nickname as as an astronaut to get the name Rocket Man, because so he's like his his plan is to. Had Raj to call him, and his ringtone would be Rocket Man, so that way that one moment would define him for the rest of his astronaut career. And instead, he gets defined by Fruit Loops because his mom yells up, "Your Fruit Loops are getting soggy." And so <laughs> you have that that moment where you are getting defined, and I feel like now it's so so much easier in in social media that we live in a day and age where if you say something or if you put you know if it's if you put it out there it's there forever and it's something that you just kind of can't come back from and i think now it's we we've seen a rise in the last 10 years of of like you know cyberbullying and with that um we've since we've done the show we've also seen a rise in suicide so i'm um, that one picture defining moment um what are your thoughts um yeah i mean it's it's kind of a scary thing to think about how that that can happen to someone and you know like when i i grew up in myspace was the big thing when i was a teenager (laughs) so i'm dating myself um myspace was that that was like the first social media that i remember going on to and i don't think it quite has the same effect that kids do now like it doesn't have like where kids live off social media, um, whether it's, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be. But, um, I think though, like you can, it's, it's sad that like what you said, like one picture, one comment, one thing can really define a person. Um, and one thing I I appreciate about this episode is bringing that to light and helping maybe create a conversation around that, kind of like we're doing right now and making sure that that's not something that, um, one, I guess that we we are uh, the first step to me is being able to accept yourself and know that that's not who you are, and that's probably the hardest part is being able to separate yourself from that picture and what other people are saying. Um, one thing that was when we did our Deadpool episode on my show a couple weeks ago, I ended up bringing up a point uh, a point that I had a problem with pornography at one point in my life, and that was something that I dealt with a ton of shame because I didn't want people to think I was just this porn addict that was just a, um, a pervert that was always just trying to like being a peep and Tom stuff like that. And I have, I had to work on for myself realizing that, yeah, I had this struggle in my life, but that didn't find who I was. And, and so I think in this, in this instance, it's kind of, that's to me is kind of the, the first step is kind of identifying yourself and realizing that within your own self, that that's not who you are, even if everyone else is trying to say that. And looking for other safe people, though, that can help, um, you know, help validate that for you, if that makes sense at all. No, it does. And and I don't want to like – so we're going to dive into a lot of identity 
in the next episode uh, with Ross Wiseman from Kid Flicks. But to your point, I do say that, you know, yes, I, I agree that it's, especially in high school where this is taking place, I feel like it's a lot more drastic. Like, I don't know why. Like, yeah. it just it feels like everything in high school is a lot more apocalyptic. Like, my girl left me. The world's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, yeah, I think that there's a lot of more shame that we just kind of like because I know that when I first started getting into like, you know, looking at porn, I was in high school and I was kind of like, oh, I think that there's like this shame and this stigma around this. And then like so I wouldn't talk about it or like I wouldn't really engage with people when they would conversate about it. And then my bros would like the guys that I hung out with in high school would be like, oh, yeah, we watch it all the time. And I was like, oh, cool. So do I. And and that kind of thing. So it was like it was weird because, you know, something that now I'm so against but I that time, like it was like there was just so much of this shame, and you know I think that that the whole defining moment, uh, really, high school is one of those things that it's like it's like a season in your life where you're just constantly trying to to understand who you are, mm-hmm. and it's like because it's such a trying period because you're, you know, you're setting up yourself for college or you're setting yourself up for um, in my case, was uh, ministry and marriage. And, you know, that was my senior year really took me by, uh, you know, a whole different ball game because where other people were preparing for uh, college and, and, and sports, I ended up starting to define by, you know, the first half of the year I was overcoming and getting used to, you know, not being depressed anymore and not being defined by this bad season that I had in my life and telling others that, hey, I'm okay, but I wasn't okay, and that's okay. Kind of like that Wreck-It Ralph saying, but at the same time, and then the second half of the year was dealing with the fallout of losing someone to suicide. So, you know, it's it's a course that I think that, you know, really sets it sets yourself up, and one picture for someone in high school can really, you know, define you. I think mm-hmm. it really does have the power to define you if you allow it to. It doesn't have to define you. And I think that that's one thing that they definitely try to explore in this episode. But, you know, obviously with it being high school and it being a drama, they're they're not emphasizing that as much. Look, bad seasons happen. Remember that. Good seasons happen right. too, and you still the you still have breath and 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 you know mobility and a roof over your head and food and all that other stuff in the good seasons as well as you do in the bad seasons. Yeah, no, totally. And I think like my point and was I you know pointing out that like it is when you're in that moment, especially in high school, like it's like you talked about, like it's just things are just so polarizing in high school and so like you can only see, you know, a few inches ahead of you when you're in high school. You, it's hard to see the bigger picture and, and take yourself out of it as much. And so helping, trying to, re, to me, it's, I just think it's important to reemphasize to like a high school kid, if that, if that's them, you know, if someone even, even now, I mean, not even necessarily in high school, if this is something you're still struggling with, is just trying to look inside and to kind of help 
you know, to change that, that, that mindset that that one thing isn't going to define you. Um, I mean, cause even a picture in, you know, kind of going back into the first season, that first picture of Hannah that Justin takes of her was just something that like happened. It wasn't even like, I, I'm trying to explain, like trying to think how the best explain it, but it wasn't like a, like he snapped a quick picture of her and that one picture kind of like got spread across the school and that's not who she is. She's not this skanky girl that, that he was trying to make her out to be. Um, and, sh- and, but at the same time, like just because you know, you're not that person, what everyone else is saying still affects you. It still hurts. And so you have to figure out a way to deal with that pain in the most healthy way possible, which is really hard to do. I don't think a lot of high school kids are well equipped to deal with stuff like that in a healthy way. Well, think too that it. I think we, as a society and we as a culture, we don't have the the resources necessary to equip you because scientists now are are still trying to figure out what a like on Facebook does to your uh, brain, what it does when you see someone, an ex boyfriend with his new girlfriend, you know, what these, these aspects of social media, what they have on us mentally as a culture, I think that it, we haven't even scratched the surface of, of how that looks. And we're still trying to understand that. And I think that's a big portion of why we think it is. And, um, I, if you guys are friends with me on Facebook, you guys can go check out my wall, but I have a friend from high school that, uh, posted this, she randomly found this like flyer, this like playbill of a play that we did in high school. And I was emo Schroeder. It was, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. And it like, to me now, like I was like, man, I was like, it's just one of those kind of things where it's like, what was I thinking? You know, you just kind of laugh about it and you, you kind of move on. And, but to someone else, you know, that they can be like, this is the point in my life where, if it wasn't for this play, like I would have, you know, killed myself or I would have ended my life. Like this is the thing that, that held me on. And it doesn't have to be a play. It could be like a lacrosse pitcher, or football pitcher, or field hockey or whatever have you, or just, you know, hanging out with your friends. I think that, that pitchers have the power to, pitchers are like words, you know, that they have the power to take life and give life at the same time. Yeah. No, that's that's totally true. I mean, it, that's I, I like that you brought up that play because yeah, like on on the flip side of one thing, one picture ruining your life potentially, well, then there's opportunities for it something to to change to to bring back to light some type of positive memory or some type of um, event some that happened in your life that was a a big game changer for you, it kind of turned the tides for you in your life. So yeah, I I like that you brought that up. So uh, another thing that that I kind of find, and I I could be just you know looking into this a little bit, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stigma around Hannah's trial throughout the course of this these these two, first two episodes, and it's like nobody wants the truth to kind of come out, and there's like this like dramatic like undertone that's going along with the characters that we're not going to spoil here, but. Um, did you ever kind of think, did you ever kind of look at this so as a social commentary for how we deal with, say, mental health, I think, in, in our culture now? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's like in, I guess the one way I would look at it is like you hear the characters, you know, telling 
like their thoughts about some type of subject or what the events that are going on, but then you see their actual um, testimony in court and it's kind of different. It's kind of a lighter version of that. Does that make sense yeah. at all? So it's like to me, like the voiceovers that we're hearing are like their deeper interpersonal thoughts, whereas like the testimony is what they just want people to see about them. And so I guess to me in that way, that's something that I feel like kind of like you mentioned, this episode deals with people wearing masks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my, my own profession as a therapist, that's something that, that I work with a lot of my clients on. It's like, what are your masks? What masks are you wearing? What are the things that, that you don't want people to see? And sometimes you, you have to protect those things because there are people that are going to be, try to expose that in, in a, in a bad way or in an unhealthy way. But it's important though, to have people that we can be vulnerable with and we can share all those different parts of us and they can learn to accept us. And so, but I think, um, going back, I guess to your question is I do, yeah, I think this, this, this episode in particular does do a good job at kind of helping you us see like that the mental health issues and things that we struggle with are still, there's still a lot of stigma around it where people don't feel safe enough to be able to discuss what's actually going on underneath with them. Yeah, and I, I just I wish that it wasn't that way, and I think that that's one of the the biggest heartbreaks that I have because you know going back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago with you know high school, if kids had the resources to you know better equip themselves with these fallouts of you know a breakup or you know not making the team or not getting into the college you want or you know whatever the situation is, I think that we would be able to see and understand a little bit better about these things. And, you know, not saying that we, we don't have them because I had great guidance counselors and Mr. Porter is a fantastic guy, whether he's doing it out of, out of guilt or, you know, genuineness is neither here nor there. But, you know, I think that we, we do have these, these resources, but they're just not as strong as they, as they could be. And it's not just in, in high school. It's not just in schools everywhere. I think that there's a lot of stigma around it, you know, even in, you know, being a Christian and, and there's, there's a lot of stigma that I find and my wife finds as well, that there's a lot of stigma that this is a taboo topic that you don't bring into church. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked about that a, a year ago for our episode, Ooze Hope, where it was, you know, why is the, why is this a thing that, you know, if we're supposed to be the people that are helping you know other people why are why are we carrying this same mentality around suicide and depression and addiction and self-harm and sexual assault and all of these other things and um you know we're gonna get ready here to talk switch gears and, and talk about sexual assault and i think one of the things that i was i'm so blessed to have my about my parents is that both both of them were sexually assaulted growing up and my mom was very upfront about it to us to me and my sister growing up and my dad wasn't so my dad didn't actually tell us until we were 16 and 14 and you know you you see the the kind of impact that you know remaining silent about the stigma has on a family and loved ones around you versus you know being open with them and i think that we're not open because we don't want that judgment or we don't want that condemnation but 
you know, it, the like they keep saying throughout the course of this thing is that, you know, you have to be real and you have to be honest about it because honesty in the end of it is what's going to really have the true power. It's really what's going to pull you through and get you what you need. Yeah. I think too, like you brought up, like it's as a society, I think and as a culture, I think we're starting to move to being more open about mental health and just, like even like you mentioned like the example of sexual assault stuff like that but we're still not quite i think where we need to be and i think i i it that's why i think it's important for individuals to be able to like we have to be able to identify people safe people or people that are going to be able to we know that they can they can hear us out because there are going to be people that aren't you you might tell someone about that you were molested as a child and they're not going to know what to do with that you know, they're not going to be. And that's another thing that I feel like you mentioned. We're still not quite well equipped enough to handle those types of things. And I, I think this is in the episode. And there's a part where like Mr. Porter's going to the baseball team um, and he's talking about consent. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just joking about it, all the baseball players. It's, it's just kind of a joke to them. And I think like we still are in a place in our society. I think where that's the case. Like we joke. People joke about that stuff. Um, sex. The way we talk about sex in our culture is we either joke about it, we make jokes about it, like in our, in the media, or we don't really talk about the, or we glamorize it, make it seem like it's this like glamorized thing, or we just kind of avoid the the nitty gritties of what sex really is. And I think that's doing a disservice to our our youth and teenagers growing up that are, you know, not really getting discussions about what sex really is and how it's a very complex thing and how especially when you add in rape and sexual abuse that is happening to people. Um, and, but it's important that we are having conversations like, like this right now, you know, and then I'm my, um, my mom had sexual, she had a lot of sexual abuse too growing up. And, and it's something that like, as we've gotten older, she's been more open about it and, and talked to us about it. And it's, and it's, I think, been healing for her and just us as a family in general to be able to to talk about it and to be more open about it. And so I, I think that's another thing, too, is when we bottle it up, then we, we can't really ever heal from it. We can't move past it either. I think that, too, uh, this one is because obviously the, the big thing of the first season was um, – what is the guy? Blake? Is that it? That's not his name. Blaine is it Blaine? It's not. When the when the characters on the show? The guy that rapes Jess and Oh, um oh my gosh, Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. Take two. Um I think one of the things that we see a lot in the first season with the Bryce character is, you know, obviously this sexual assault between Jessica and Hannah and he ultimately was kind of one of the you know, deciding factors on why Hannah decided to take her own life. And, you know, they, they really emphasize the, the, the fact of, you know, that there needs to be op- this open dialogue about sexual assault. And just to kind of, you know, really put this in there, um, I'm going to have up these resources in the show notes below. Um, but, Every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Every eight minutes, that victim is a child. 
And uh, the saddest part about this is that six out of every 1,000 perpetrators will end up in prison. And so I don't know how, like, again, this is from rain.org. Um, so I don't know how frequently their, their, uh, their statistics are updated. I know that the suicide statistics that we give are updated every year from the CDC. I don't know how, you know, uh, up to date these are, but I mean, still six out of every thousand, like this is a conversation that, that needs to be had and, and, and that, that needs to really come forth because there's, there's a lot of shame that I think from even growing up in the, the around this environment was that you know my mom felt a lot of shame and anger for what had happened to her and I think that that's just the the victim's mentality that was a that was again what I saw with my father too my dad was you know seven when I was 17 tried to commit himself or commit suicide himself because he just felt this weight of shame and PTSD from going to therapy for the first time specifically on this. Yeah, no, I think it's it's something that uh, we when we think of sexual assault or rape, stuff like that, we usually think of women, but men go through it as well. And just some more stats that I, um, you know, that, like I, I think it's one in five women are sexually assaulted. And then I think for men, it's like one in 14. And I, I may be off there, so don't totally quote me. But even if it's somewhere around that, that's still, that's huge. And then also you think about like, how they gather statistics when you think about the process of statistics like gathering it like they don't have every person's voice in this so there's so much more that people that don't ever come forward and report this that we can't even put into a stat so that's kind of scary to think about too so if you think about women the one in five it's you know it's probably more it's probably higher than that you know and so like yeah, I agree. It's something that it's just a conversation that needs to be had more and like people need to be able to be, you know, feel like they can actually come forward with their stories and, and tell their stories. Um, if not, then it's just going to continue, you know, that those numbers are probably just going to continue to get worse. Yeah. And, and so if you're listening to this right now um, and you, you've been sexually assaulted, you're listening to this and you haven't, you know, we, I can't specifically normally in our show when we talk about, you know, depression or suicide, like if you need someone to, to feel free to click the links, any of the links in the descriptions below and reach out to us. Um, but we would, we would actually encourage you guys more to actually reach out to the rain resources. Um, you guys can pick up a phone and call one 800 656 4673 or they also have an option on their website where you can do a live chat with uh, someone that would love to uh, be able to stay to walk you through and and be there for you and all of this is is anonymous i am pretty sure um mm-hmm. your privacy and safety are crucial please make sure that you are in a safe place that you're using a secure device and internet connection please note that while we have taken numerous measures to keep your communication safe while using our website no internet is 100 percent um secure so this is this is from them on their specific terms and conditions but again this is still a great resource to sit down and talk with a trained professional someone that can actually guide you and get you resources to do it i mean rain has a whole bunch of resources not only that 
uh, but to also allows you to get involved with what they're doing, donate to what they're doing, get information with them, um, how to take safety and prevention against sexual assault, what happens after sexual assault. So sexual assault is definitely going to be something that we explore a little bit more throughout the series. But um, I just want to give you guys, uh, if you guys don't know clearly what sexual assault is, they also have statistics and, and definitions and um, just more stuff. So click the links in the description below and uh, listen to these guys. But this is this is the this is another point. There's a there's a point in the show where um, he someone mentions says this quote: "Movies and TV are a great way to open a dialogue." And I think that it's it's ironic that you're on the show for this particular episode because that's how we met. Um, Mm-hmm. That through a film, film and film podcast, and you're like, "Hey, I'm doing Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anyone want to join on?" And I came on doing Age of Ultron with you, and that just kind of opened up and opened up dialogue. And then it was like, "All right, well, you know, Deadpool and Deadpool Two, and now here you are, and we're getting ready to do Incredibles and Incredibles Two next week." So, like, we live in a culture now where it's so easy to to connect with people in that way and to open dialogue mm-hmm. in that way yeah no dude it's it's so crazy because like when i think of even just my passion for for film and superheroes it's like there's there's people out there that want to talk to you about that stuff you know like when i started my podcast i was like i might even be able to have people i can talk to about this and it's been amazing the people that have come out and just been like yeah let's let me talk about this and so when you're applying that to even deeper stuff like like as serious as sexual assault there are people that have gone through what you know, similar experiences that are ready to talk about it. Um, one, one, I guess, critique I would have of the first season of, of 13 Reasons Why was when um, Hannah does go to Mr. Porter to, to report the sexual assault that she's been through. He doesn't really do anything about it. And I think for the show's purposes, it was fine. But I just think as, a, as someone that's watching this and thinking, oh, if I go to a counselor or if I go to my school counselor, whoever it might be, and they're not going to do anything because I don't have all the right information, like that's not true. Counselors are absolute. They're mandated reporters. They might not be able to. They might. They're not going to be the ones to 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 create an investigation. But they they will pass on the information to the police, and which will in turn launch an investigation. And so I just and I think that that part of it was just kind of a little bit hard for me to watch because it was like, oh man, no, this guy, he like he still could have done something for Hannah, and you know that's kind of goes back to the show. But I think in season two, that's what I love. If he's he's trying to make up for that mistake, and unfortunately, it's it does suck that she did commit suicide. But I just want people out there to know that there are trained people that can help. And just because like in the show depicts, it doesn't seem like Hannah can get the help she needed in that moment. There are people that can help out. And I just think that's an important thing to 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 point out to people that maybe watching the show that are, that are in a dark spot and see that Hannah couldn't get help. Like there is help out there, and and to your point, I can actually testify with that because um, I dabble in poetry, and uh, we had when I was in high school we had poetry club, and I kind of like formed like this like I don't really like I guess like there's certain teachers that you had that you just kind of like would stay after and just hang out with them because they were cool. And the mm-hmm. the chick that ran the uh, poetry club had was was just cool, 
And so um, I had left some of my poetry for her to read uh, because she really liked what I, the way I wrote. And um, I actually got called <laughs> into the, a lot of them were like really dark and, and depressive and emo and, you know, like days of like MySpace and like Hawthorne Heights and, um, <laughs> you know, just this. Yeah, that was our that was our teenage years. That was Hawthorne Heights, man. That. Dude, they're they're super nice guys. Like we did a we did a festival with them last year. Oh, cool! Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, um, I actually got put on, for lack of a better term, like a suicide watch, because you know just some of this the subject matter that was was dealing with the, these poetries we're dealing with, and you know I look back now and I'm like, man, I. I I thank God that, you know, that happened because that was a moment in my life where I can look and say, look, if you go to the right person, you're not going to end up like, uh, you're not going to have a Mr. Porter, but you have this, you have a way to really, you know, experience and know that there are people out there that value your life and you can see it mm-hmm. firsthand. And I saw that firsthand that, you know, my mom got involved and, that was not a fun season, but you know, my mom wanted the best for me. And I think that there are people it's, it's really insanely important to know that there are people out there that love and care about you. And there are resources, no matter what your season, there are resources out there that you can get a hold of that can completely change the, the current path you're on. Mm-hmm. I think too to go along with that is sometimes you might run into Mr. Porter that's maybe not going to quite do what you are needing at the moment because there are counselors out there that aren't probably going to know exactly they might not even just be specially trained in whatever thing you're struggling with and that it could be as simple as something as that so don't give up with just one like even my own you know journey of going through therapy myself was I went to a few different ones before I found the one that was that I connected with and really got the help I needed at the moment. And not that those other ones were bad. It just was for me, whatever reason just wasn't clicking. And so that might happen. And if that does, and if you really just, you know, keep reaching out, keep trying to find someone that will, because there are people that are going to be equipped to, to help you meet the needs you need, the, the needs that you have. Yeah. And I think that too, that, um, you know, kind of going back to, to this quote, um, you know, what we find in a lot of times when we do conventions is, you know, it's it's easy to kind of get that, that dialogue going. Because if, if I can connect with someone over uh, a movie or a song or a video game or a comic or an anime or manga or even oranges, you know, or giraffes, like, you know, just something like totally random, I think that, you know, that opens that dialogue and it allows people to create this safety zone, this safety net, like people that you may have never even experienced. And I think that it's it's a great way of, of, of allowing people to come in and say, I resonate with what you're doing. This is my situation. And, and, and I'm not saying it's going to happen like that every single time, but it has the power to do that. And dialogues create openness and openness stops stigmas. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well said, man. 
All right. Well, uh, we're going to be back next week with Mr. Ross Wiseman from Kid Flicks. Um, join us this Friday for Jurassic World, the original one. Um, but where can people find more information online about movie superhero movie cast? Uh, you can go to our website, superheromoviecast.com, or we are on Facebook and Instagram right now. Um, and then if you just want to look up the show, you can always just do that on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast. We're there. And then you can, if you want to talk to me personally, you can email me at superheromoviecast at gmail.com. And uh, if you love superheroes and you want to find some more meaning from it, then that's the place to go. If you, Even if you just want to have a good time talking about superhero films, we do that as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And if you're interested in talking about them with me, I'd love to have – I'm op- always open to more guests. So feel free to reach out about that as well. And Thomas is a great host. So welcoming. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. No, it's – so are you, man. I, I've had a great time on this too. So I'll, I'll look. I'll, hopefully, I can come back another time. We can. Well, we'll talk Incredibles in a couple of weeks. So that'll be that'll be a blast. <laughs> Might be a little bit more lighter subject material, but who knows? I don't know. I feel like we usually get pretty deep with most stuff we talk about. It's very so. true. It's it's like I don't know why it just it just happens. But uh, even our Age of Ultron episode we did, I wasn't expecting to to get as deep as we got there. So. <laughs> All right, well, uh, please go check out Superhero Movie Cast. Links are in the descriptions below. And again, uh, to emphasize, to kind of go back, if, you're, or if you've ever been sexually assaulted or you know someone who has, uh, links are in the descriptions for that as well. But if you guys are listening to this right now and you or someone you know is struggling with suicide, addiction, self-harm, or depression, please reach out. Suicide is currently the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. There are 123 suicides that take place each and every single day. And for every successful one of those suicides, 25 more being attempted. That is 3,075 suicides being attempted right here on our own soil every single day. And when you scale back internationally, there are 800,000 that are taking place yearly. That's one death roughly every 40 seconds internationally and one death roughly every 12 minutes domestically. So you guys can reach out to us on any of our social media. Links are in the descriptions below. You guys can also call the Suicide Lifeline, 1-800-273-8250. Or also text anonymously to 741-741. But that is going to do it for us. Like I said, we will be back continuing the journey of 13 Reasons Why in a week or so. And until next time, remember to keep socking nerd, socking hope, and speaking. Nothing else. We'll see you guys soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.